0: Uh, look here tonight as we uh, get back into the flow of our Wednesday night services here. I want to look tonight at uh, John chapter 5 and verse 35. And uh, just for your consideration on tonight, uh, John is speaking to us here and says, if I bear witness of myself, or this is Jesus speaking, but it's in John says if i bear witness of myself my witness is not true there is another who bears witness of me and i know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true you have sent you have sent to john and he has borne witness to the truth and yet i do not receive testimony of from man but i say these things that you may be saved he has, was the burning and a shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. I want to look in particular at the, the latter part of that verse, those verses, and verse 35, he says, and he was a burning and a shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. believe in the culture in which we live today, it, this scripture uh, speaks to us because there are few people that are willing to uh, pay the price that it takes to bring, bring a bright light to burn, to shine. Uh, there's a lot of people that are willing to rejoice in someone else's light. If you're willing to pay the price, we'll come to the party. Come on, somebody. If you're, you're, you're willing to do whatever it takes to, for, for the light to shine, we'll come and enjoy the light. But there's very few people that are willing to pay the price for the light. And John here, Jesus is speaking of him and he speaks so uh, eloquently and so highly. He says, I don't need to tell you about myself because John tells the truth about me. I know he tells the truth and he is witness to me. And he says, "You, you, uh, you have seen him and he has been this burning, shining light. Uh, there's today we are so desperate need of somebody that is on fire, someone that is burning, someone that is shining the lamp. He said that men would see our good works and glorify the Father, which is in heaven. And so there, there has to be uh, someone that is willing to pay the price to burn, to shine forth the light. And, and what's interesting to me, though, is, is the Bible says that they were willing to walk in his light for a season. But then they weren't even paying the price for the light. But yet now they aren't even willing to walk in that light. But for a little while. Amen. And now they're no longer even willing to walk in the light in which John is shining in their life. It is interesting that they were willing to walk in somewhat in what someone else paid for only for a season. And, and today there is a lot of folks today that are uh, consumers. There's two type of people in the church. There is a consumers and the contributors. Don't shout me down. And there has to come a time whenever, yes, we we all have times when we need, right? We need the word. We need the worship. We need the encouragement. We need somebody to speak into our life. But then there comes a season whenever we, we don't just come to get, but we come to give and there's something about the giving that causes the blessing to come back to us and so, as we come, we don't come just to 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 walk in someone else's light. And somehow, this thing has got all mixed up. It goes all the way back to Catholicism. Whenever uh, they put the high high place in uh, for the priest to stand and and separated the church people, uh ordinary people from from the pulpit, and this became a sacred place, and no one was able to step up there but the priest and somehow when we came out of that teaching we forgot to come out of it all. And now we have a a church that thinks that the only ones that are anointed, the only ones that are burning, the only ones that are shining the light is those who are on the platform. But God didn't say that we were to all be preachers. That's that's a call. That's that's something he calls us to. But he does say that we are called to be Christians, that all of us are called to be his children. All of us are called. Amen. And, And we may have different positions. We may have different places to serve in the kingdom, but if we're a child of God, then we have an understanding that we can go to the throne room boldly into his presence and ask father God what we have need of. But we see, we, we think that, that it's somebody else's job. It's pastors, Jamie's job to pray and bring the fire on Sunday morning. It's pastor's job to seek the face of the Lord and bring the fire on Sunday morning so somebody else can walk in it. Come on, somebody. But, but I want to suggest to you tonight that, that the room is more amplified when the church becomes a burning lamp. And whenever we all become a light and and we we may have different levels of light but whenever we all are contributors to the light the room is illuminated with the presence and the power of a living Christ. Hallelujah. It should not be hard for people to find Christ in the church. It should not be hard for people to find the power of God and the revelation of who Jesus is in the church. But we should not have an understanding tonight that he is high and lifted up and because he is high and lifted up his train is filling the temple and when his people catch a blaze he and it is illuminated he will be in the midst of his people exalted one showing his glory showing his power manifesting his goodness in the midst of his people and no one will have difficulty knowing who Jesus is amen But you see, only for a while are people willing to serve or to to walk in someone else's light. And so we have a lot of people who are willing to walk as long as someone else is making a sacrifice. And it's good, it's good whenever you're down, whenever you're out, whenever you're having difficulty. To have a brother that when you don't have a praise, he can praise for you. It's good to have a sister that'll lift their hands for you when you're heavy burdened and you cannot lift it and and you just get the the overflow. You get the blessing that comes because someone else is worshiping. We all have those times, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that we are not willing in our good days to make sacrifice. And you see, the, 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 what I believe today that, that, that we have missed, I understand that, that, that the Lord has, has removed in the Old Testament the, the sacrifice of the bull and the, and the turtle dove, right? But, but in Psalms, he, he tells David that, that he, he's not interested in the bull. And, and what that tells me is, is the church needs to cut the bull out. You'll get that on the way home. Amen. We need to cut the bull out and we just need to come in. David learned that it wasn't about a bull or a turtle dove, but he said, God is wanting my sacrifice of praise. He is wanting my worship. He is wanting me to give him me. And so worship is not a song. Worship is sacrifice. And, it, and, and so a sacrifice on every level and every situation is different for wherever you may be. It may be a sacrifice that some of you are here tonight. You may have come here directly from work and never even eaten dinner tonight. It was just, you may, But it was so important that you get to the house of the Lord that you said, I'm going to make a sacrifice. And, and so it's not about the song that we sung. It's about the sacrifice that you made that brought you into the presence of God. Amen. It isn't about a song. It's never been about a song. That is to help us come corporately and get our mind upon the Lord because the scripture says that worship or praise draws. It draws people. We've all come from different places, different things tonight. Some of us have got on our minds still what we were dealing with at work. Other people are dealing with health situations, but whenever we begin to lift up the name of Jesus, our focus goes from all of these different places and it draws our focus to him and we begin to think about him and meditate upon him and when we do that the glory of the Lord begins to be revealed in our life and our situation and our circumstance begins to dwindle and his grace and his power begins to be revealed and we see that nothing becomes impossible with him. Amen. Amen. And so, you see, uh, we, we have to come to a place of understanding that we have to have a sacrifice. The old church, the old church, we, we used to, everyone, you know, the old church used to, to make it so sacrificial that it was legalistic. Until, you know, if you didn't do this and you didn't do that and you didn't do that, but there, but there comes a time in your heart when you've got to want to. Sacrifice, not because if I don't, I won't, I'll, I'll go to hell, but because I want more of God, I choose to make this sacrifice. I choose to give up. You know, God still. It, 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 I know a lot of folks today that they say, "Well, I, I just don't feel God. Where is God? Where is He at? But but we're not making much sacrifice. Amen. We're not making much sacrifice. We we, we are comfortable. And when we become comfortable, then we are not willing to sacrifice. God God will ask us for things that that aren't necessarily going to send us to hell, but he'll ask us for things that may be taking time from him that we could be seeking his face there's some things in our lives that aren't terrible aren't bad aren't sin but but he asked us for ask us for them so that we are willing to give them up in a sacrificial way so that we can experience his power and his grace in another level amen and so you see god it, it talked about this last day church and we have and he said that it's going to be a glorious church He said that it's going to be a church that will bring forth the light, amen? That's not not the preacher's job. People say, well, that's the pastor's job. They're, They're to show forth the light. Those who, and then they go and quote that scripture, many are called, but few are chosen. Amen? But study that out, that original context, the original scripture. And it says, many are called, but few choose to walk in it. So many are called, but few choose to walk in that call to be the light, to be a burning light, to be a bright lamp so that someone else can see their way. You see, it was Peter that tells us that we are a chosen generation. Right, He said, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God, a precious you also, a living stone. Not a dead stone, but a living stone. Are being built up in a spiritual house. So when we come together, we're not just putting in another service. We're building something here. Tell your neighbor, we're building something here. It's not a dead church. It's not a mausoleum, but it's a living thing. We are living stones. Amen. A holy priesthood to offer a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, also contains in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elected, precious, and he who believed on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, you to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. He's talking about the same stone, but it just depends on what side of the stone you're on. Is it going to be a building stone or is it going to be a stumbling stone? Is it going to be something that you accept or is it going to be something that you reject? And the only difference is which side are you looking at the stone from? Are you looking at it from a place of shame? Are you looking at it from a place of disobedience? Are you looking at it from a place where that you say, this is, this is something I need. This is God at work. This is his word at work. It's about obedience or disobedience that determines what the stone is. Said so they stumbled being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you, but you, but you. They were disobedient to the word to which they were appointed, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's up to us to show forth his goodness. It's up to us to show forth his light. Amen in a dark world. And so when we look at this, he tells, Peter tells us here that we are a chosen generation. There is a disobedient people, but there is another generation. There is a people that will be obedient. There is a people that when they're obedient, they're going to show forth the praise of him who has called them out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm thankful tonight when he called me out, he also uh, called me in. He didn't just call me out of sin so I could be on my own but he called me into salvation. He didn't just call me out of sickness but he called me into healing. He didn't just call me out a man of, of a wicked way for me to live my life haphazardly with no direction but he said I've got a plan for you. Amen I know the plan and the thoughts that I have for you Jeremiah and I have an expected end for your life. You see God doesn't just call us out but he calls us in to his purpose and his plan and if we're disobedient we'll stumble on it but if we are obedient and willing we shall eat the good and the fruit of the land and so we ha- it's obedience or disobedience that's going to separate us are we burning or are we smoking amen Where smoke is just reminds us there used to be a fire and there's a lot of smoke, but there's little fire. And the reason that I that I say that is because I believe and, and I'll be sharing with you the next few weeks. The Lord has been leading, walking me through uh, the book of Isaiah and, and showing me how that, that we're parallel between us and, and Israel and, and and all of those things. But I'll be talking to you on that on Sunday. But my concern is is that, that we've got a lot of folk that are coming to church, but but there's a lot of smoke, but there's no fire. There's no light. There's no brightness of their shining. And I'm not, uh, this is not a condemning word, it's a concerning word. Because we should not just come and put in our time on Sunday and Wednesday night and go home and feel as though we fulfilled our duties. But the reason why is because there's no gas in the lamp. Amen. People aren't praying anymore. People aren't reading the word of God anymore. And we've using God for the most part as a fire escape. And when trouble comes, we start praying, sister Hilda. When, when, when trouble comes, you don't have to worry about someone getting in the word and someone praying because they're ready to do it. They're looking for God. But I submit to you that if our prayer life and our devotional life is in season, then when trouble comes, we'll, we'll already have the lamp lit. The glory will already be there and in the midst of the darkness. And so tonight we have to be concerned that that in this hustle and bustle world, in this busy time, that we do not fail to keep our time with God. That we continue to seek his face on a daily basis. That we stay in his word, not just so we can teach or not just so we can preach, but his word is life to us. Amen. Amen. And we need the fire again. Two things the church has lost. Number one, they've lost their fight. The church isn't willing to fight for nothing. Come up in here and tell us the devil's God and we'll tuck tail, run off, and act, just let them tear the building down and, and say, well, just pray." we'll just pray at home. We don't have no fight left. We're like a wounded soldier that has been wounded in battle and no longer has the strength to rise and to fight. But I submit to you, I, I, I you know, I've come up in the church. Y'all know that. But I want to tell you, there was a day when the church would fight. They they would they would fight and, and some of their fight wasn't worth a fight, but, but uh, there were some things that were worth fighting for. Amen. People would fight when they had something they believed in. When they were had convictions, right? Whenever somebody had a conviction, what is a conviction? It's something that that God has dealt with you about it's something that god has spoken to you about it's not necessarily wrong but it's a conviction that you said well we're not going to do that in this house we're we're going to live this way we're going to live a certain way and they had a conviction and and the problem was a lot of times people would try to put their convictions up on somebody else amen but but what i understand what i want you to understand is is they would fight for those convictions They had moral standards. And they would stand for what they believed in, what was morally correct. What is sickening today is the church, what is called the church, doesn't have a moral standard. Let homosexuals come up in the church and be pastor hogwash how can somebody that has a homosexual spirit on them set another person free from something that's living in them amen we don't have any morals anymore we don't we don't stand for anything I'm not saying we need to be dogmatic. I'm saying we need to know what we believe. We need to know what we stand on. And there is morals, principles in which we need to stand upon and say we will not be moved. Amen. That that the Bible, the Bible is the word of God. Amen. That Jesus is born of a virgin Mary. That he did die, he was buried, he rose again, and he's coming, he went and sat on the right hand of the Father, and he's coming back for you and for me, praise God. There's things that we need to stand upon and say we will not be moved. But you see, we've got so wishy-washy that people don't even know what we believe. One of the things they tell you when you're starting a church today, one of the first things they'll tell you is don't have any structure. Don't tell people what you believe. Don't have a statement of faith. Just come in. We'll get it fixed later. No, the way the house starts is the way the house will stand. Amen. Amen. And so we have all of this that's going, and people have lost their fight. And so now we have a nation that's confused about who God is. Is it Muhammad? Is it Krishna? Is it Buddha? Who is it now all paths lead to heaven and whoever you think is God that that's who it is and and we'll all meet in the pie in the sky and, and we've got so loose on these things that that people just believe that stuff and then wonder why we don't have any power. I can't stand religion. I've seen it destroy too many people. And if you want me to get angry, quick, fast, and in a hurry, I can't. I don't tolerate it. I won't put up with it. I despise it. Amen. And you want to see me go off. I'll go off on religious folk because it, it kills, it destroys, and all it has is a form of godliness, but don't have any power. And, I, and that's not what I'm talking about. I think y'all have been here long enough. to understand what I'm saying. But I want you to also understand that we've got to come back to a place where we have some fire again. When did we lose fire for God? When did the church start experiencing God's presence but not be moved? When did it become normal for the glory of the Lord to fill the house and nobody worshiped? Amen. When did it come become okay for us to come into God's presence, experience his goodness, and never thank him for his goodness? You see, this is where we're living today. Whenever the parades of flesh have have come across the pulpits of our nation and we have got people that have personality and the church has become personality driven. And for the most part, uh, you know, and I know you said, well, pastor's preaching hard tonight. Well, wait till Sunday. But I want to tell you tonight, for the most part, for the most part, most people in our churches don't know the difference between the anointing and somebody that's got charisma. For the most part. For the most part, if you're an articulate speaker, if you if your gifts, you know, your are charismatic and your gifts, I'm not against that. I wish I had more of it. I'll tell you that right now. But I want to say that people don't they don't understand that, and they're drawn to that kind of thing. But when do we begin to honor when we when did we quit honoring the anointing that was on a person's life? When do we quit seeking God's face and give God praise and glory that His anointing? was in the house. You see, the more, the longer we walk with God, we shouldn't quit praising him because we've walked with him for a long time now. But the fact that we know him better today than we did when we first begun ought to cause us to praise him all the more. Amen. We should worship him all the more. We should have a blaze in our hearts all the more. It isn't about, well, I've gone through that process of been saved a year two years ten years now no it's not about that because you see even in ministry when we think that that we well we've got elevated we're, we're this now and we're that now and we've got a title now it ought to humble us that God would use us in such a way it should humble us that God would allow his glory and his presence to dwell upon our life that he would uh, to put enough confidence in us to elevate us to that place so it, we ought to be the first ones to shout hallelujah. We should be the first ones to give him glory and to give him praise and to give him honor. But we, we've learned how to go through life and go through church and go through worship services and his presence comes, but there is no expression of his presence. The burning lamp has went out. The light is gone. And people come and sit in our churches and can't even see Jesus. Because we've lost our fire. When did the fire go out? When did we think that we had arrived to a place that we don't need to worship anymore? The old church, I'll, I'll tell my age a little bit, but the old church, they, they'd say things like, come on, press on in. Press on through, Jamie. Jamie. you're evangelizing rich you know what it is to plow So everywhere you go they ain't hanging from the chandeliers singing glory to god huh whenever you're evangelist you, you 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 don't you don't go in there and get the they don't they don't call you to preach a revival most of the time most of the time because the church is on the top and they're ready to win souls they call you because it's mm-mm-mm got some mess going on and somebody needs to clean it up huh and so they call the the old evangelist then to go in there and plow that thing up and till up that soil and and you have to preach your, your heart out and you have to study yourself full and pray yourself hard and release the word release the word release the word and people looking at you like a Missouri mule eating briars but you can't let that stop you right you can't let that stop you. You just keep on pushing. You keep on pushing. People ask me different times. They say, why you preach so hard? I said, because I'm plowing. You got to. You got to push. You got to break up that foul ground. It ain't about the response of people. But wouldn't it be easier if you had some lights in the house? Wouldn't it be easier if you had an amen? Wouldn't it be easier if you had somebody say yes to the word of God over their life? Wouldn't it be easier if you had somebody that would just glorify him and praise him and create an atmosphere where when the word of God went forth, it wouldn't fall on hard ground, but it would fall on a heart that had said yes to the word of God. Amen. Amen. And so what I'm saying to you, Tabernacle, I know you say, well, there isn't a whole lot here. We're the faithful ones. I understand that. That's the reason I'm talking to you. I need you to worship God on Sunday morning, no matter what anybody else does. I need you to glorify him. I need you to be that light. I need you to be that lamp. I need you to be that one that says yes to God and worships him and praises his name. So that when that wicked one comes in, when that broken one comes in, when that troubled one comes in, the light will be so bright they won't have a hard time finding Jesus. Amen. Let me look at this and then we'll go home. Exodus chapter three and verse number four. So an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Moses, him being Moses in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. And then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. When Moses looked, God spoke. When Moses' attention turned to the voice of God, God spoke to him. Two things I want you to look at here. Number one, it took a simple act of obedience for Moses to get revelation on who God was. He didn't ask him to go preach a crusade. He didn't ask him to give $10,000 in the offering. Come on. He asked him to take his shoes off. Take your shoes off. And when he... Took his shoes off. How do I know he took his shoes off? The scripture don't say he took his shoes off, but, he, but it, it suggests that he took his shoes off because of the fact that God did what he was wanting to do. He God moved forward, you see, right? And so it suggests to me that he did what God asked him to do because now God's moving forward. What did God do? He took his shoes off and God revealed himself to him. Sometimes the simplest things that God asks us for would bring revelation in our lives. It may be take 10 minutes at lunchtime and pray. It may be to share a smile with somebody in the grocery store. It might be to witness to somebody and tell them how good God has been in your life that would release the revelation that you need in your life. Take your shoes off, Moses. When he was willing and obedient, revelation came to him. Could it be that the reason why that we, 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 we've not had revelation is because we haven't been obedient In the little things. Well, everybody wears shoes. So why can't I wear shoes? He didn't ask any of those questions. He didn't say everybody's wearing it. Everybody's doing it. He he just obeyed. God said he did. And revelation came. Moreover, he said, look, he said, I'm the God of your fathers. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. Sometimes God doesn't ask us for the great thing. He just asks us to be obedient. I believe in order because God is a God of order. But in the midst of order, there is something that hasn't been planned that can still be in order. Amen. And so it may be that God would just say to us in the midst of worship, clap your hands. Dance. Shout. Run. Go encourage somebody. Not a great thing. Just take your shoes off. Not something that is super duper spiritual. Just something you're able to do, right? Just take your shoes off. I've seen the I've seen entire services shift. I'm talking dead. Nothing happening. And just Just one person in an act of obedience does one simple thing and the whole atmosphere shifts. Everything turns on its head. It turns on its axis. And when you thought this is going to be a waste of time, suddenly because of somebody's obedience, God reveals himself. Revelation comes. The presence comes. His anointing comes. Amen. And so, you know, every service isn't the same. Just like your prayer life. I know I'm, I'm pastoring here a little bit, but it's just like your prayer life. Sometimes I go to prayer and God don't want me to pray. He wants me to worship. Sometimes it's not worship that he wants. it's I just read his word. Amen. And in that time, I get a revelation of who he is. In that time, I see him in a different way. And so those doors of access, we have to understand, what is it you wanting today? Amen. And worship services are the same way. Pastor Jamie, I know him. He's going to pray. He's going to prepare. And he's going to be ready. The worship team's going to be ready for us to, to go in the presence of God. But, but if, if that isn't what he wants, if it's just one song, I've told him, have I not? I don't care how many, if it's just one song and we sing one song for 30 minutes, if that's what God wants, then we sing one song for 30 minutes. Because it ain't about us. It's about him. And so we've got to find the heart of God. If we come in and and he just wants us to come up around this place and we begin to pray and seek his face, then isn't that what it's about? Amen. Amen. And so what I'm saying is tonight is that we, that we have to be this burning lamp. We have to be this light that don't go out. And the only way that we're going to have that revelation of who Jesus is and who, who he wants to be in our life is we've got to be obedient in the little things. Watch this. I, I read that and and, I, and and this is what I wrote down. Are you willing to give him your shoes to be able to receive an anointing that will deliver three million people? Are you willing to give you him your shoes so you will receive an anointing to deliver three million people? A revelation that brings a whole nation out of bondage. My God. How did you get that revelation, Moses? I took my shoes off. You mean you didn't fast for 40 days? No. You mean you didn't pray for 10 hours? No. How'd you get it? I took my shoes off. I'm not against, God may tell us sometimes to fast 40 days, right? He may tell us to pray for 10 hours, but I believe more than all of that, he's wanting daily obedience yeah. that we just be obedient in the little instant, what other people say that's insignificant, but you know how that you're ready to burn. It's when you're willing to lay down what other people say is insignificant. It's insignificant that you have your shoes on. What does it matter if you have your shoes on or not? But when you're willing to be obedient to the insignificant things, it makes an impact that is eternal, not only on you, but upon others. And so the Lord began to deal with me, uh, this last couple of weeks about, uh, compromise, compromise, because we can compromise, and and I, I think I shared this with somebody on the staff, maybe the whole staff. But compromise, we think of it as you know, going out and drinking, drugging, sinning, doing all of it. But but whenever we have come to this place of knowing God, and and we in we have worshipped Him, we have in the word we have a relationship with him and then we lack slack up on our reading we've compromised when we slack up on our worship we've compromised because we've gone back instead of going forward and so that may not be for everybody but but it is for me that 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 God wants us to not compromise doesn't want me to compromise but to keep on pushing, being willing to take my shoes off, being willing to do the insignificant things so it clears my spiritual ears that I can hear his voice and he can tell me more about who he is than I knew before. Amen. Amen. So, Father, just give this little devotion tonight, just speak into the atmosphere that we will be burning lamps. We will be a light in a dark place. We will be willing to be obedient. We will not allow the stone to become a stumbling stone but rather a building stone, a lively stone. We will not allow it to be a rock of offense, being disobedient to the word, but we choose tonight to obey the word over our lives. Father, I pray that we put a yes upon our altar. Whatever you ask, we say yes. Take our shoes off, yes. Clap, yes. Dance, yes. Share our testimony, yes. Whatever it is, the insignificant things that people say don't matter and not going to make any difference, let us say yes. Let us be people that are willing tonight to do the insignificant that we may have a revelation of who you are. I pray the fight return tonight, God, let a fight return to the tabernacle, not a fight with one another, not a fight with flesh and blood, but let a fight rise up in us that we say we're not going to allow our sons and daughters to be lost we're not going to allow this region to be bound by drugs and addiction and pornography and sin that runs rapid. We're, we're, we're going to fight. We're going to fight. We're going to rise up. We're going to raise the standard of righteousness. And Father, I pray that, that we rekindle the flame again. Rekindle the flame again. And one act of obedience brought revelation. That you're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It brought the revelation that I am that I am. So I pray tonight, God, that as we follow you in obedience, that we too will receive a greater revelation of who you are in our lives tonight. father you put us all on different platforms for some here we we may need an anointing to set three million free but for some of us most of us tonight we just need an anointing to set our house free so i pray tonight god as we say yes that you'll give us an anointing to destroy the yoke in our house remove the bondage in our house over our family over those we have influence with and let the tabernacle be a blaze of people that are willing to give up the insignificant to gain the revelation of who Jesus is we thank you for this tonight in Jesus name in Jesus name amen amen Jamie just lead us and. In- Just a little worship. Let us just soak in this atmosphere for a moment. If you have a special need tonight, you need special prayer, we want to pray with you on tonight. Amen. But let us just say yes to the word. Is that all right? Amen. And if you have a special need, just come while Pastor Jamie's singing. We'll certainly pray with you tonight.